Welcome to Wired to Socialize, The Science of Networking, Episode 4. I remember reading your research, like how important, uh, in, uh, I mean, actually how correlated the intensity of, con- uh, the frequency of conversation is to belonging to the d- different like, right. groups of uh, yeah. friendship. When you look at people's social networks, so yes, they have a limit to them. That limit is about 150 people, the number that's known as Dunbar's number now. Um, but all those people do not have the same relationship to you. And if you look at the frequencies which they contact each other, if you look at the frequencies which they phone each other, or they post uh, named posts on Facebook to each other, what you find in all these environments is this kind of layered structure, rather like the ripples on a pond. So if you imagine yourself as this stone thrown into the lake, uh, you get these ripples coming out, and the ripples are small but high near you, and as they go further and further out, they get wider and wider, of course, but they get lower and lower. And so your social network looks like that. You have this very small group of about five people on the inside who you are very emotionally attached to, and then layers that go out beyond that, and very discrete layers, they occur at very specific numbers, 5, 15, 50, 150, and beyond that, 500. Um, And those layers correspond to different qualities of friendship. So you might think of them as intimate friends, best friends, good friends, just friends, and you're at the 150 boundary now. Uh, but they also correspond to the time investment in which you make making this. And the, the, the edges of the layers have very specific frequencies of contact. If you don't contact a friend that frequently, that friend will very quickly, within a few months, slide into the next layer down and become a less close friend. Um, with the, the inner layer, what we call the shoulders to cry on friends, which is the inner layer of five support clique, <clears throat> people who really you rely on for emotional and financial and all sorts of other uh, help and support, you have to see those at least once a week, at least once a week. Otherwise, they will drop into the next layer, the sympathy group. <clears throat> the sympathy group is kind of like your main party, well, not party friends, but your main social friends. If you want to have a dinner party or you want to go to the theater with somebody or climb a mountain with somebody, um, that's where you, you you take them from. And that you have to see those people at least once a month. Otherwise, they will drop into the next layer. What's interesting, and we've shown this from looking at phone call data, is if you don't phone somebody as often as you would normally be expected to do, perhaps you're away, perhaps you're in hospital or something like that, um, perhaps you've been very busy and didn't have time, the next phone call you make, is almost twice as long as your normal, as though you're kind of trying to put sticking plasters over the cracks that is now are now starting to open up in that relationship. Um, and I think we're very sensitive to those kind of things, you know, because we understand that the, whether a relationship will continue through time just depends on our continuing to invest in it. That's excellent. That's very that's very interesting. I was I was going to ask you beyond what changes beyond the uh, the Dunbar's number beyond one hundred and fifty. <laughs> is it is it 
the the lack of trust or or I mean the the absence would be a better word, a better word the absence of trust and the not willing to reciprocate. What do you think is the Okay. Yeah, the Dunbar's number seems to correspond to well, it it corresponds to the number of meaningful relationships that you have with somebody. Let's say these are relationships that are reciprocal. You know where they stand in your social world. They know where you stand in your their social world, and that relationship is is equal, right? More or less equal. Um, <clears throat> and they tend to have relationships of history, so you've known these people for quite a, a long time. Um, the outer layer, sort of between about 50 and 150, tends to include a lot of extended family members because they don't need so much investment because auntie so-and-so and, you know, cousin so-and-so, they keep you in contact with what's going on with these people. So you don't have to see them quite so often. But still that layer has a figure of uh, contact around about once a year you you somehow you need to contact those people even if it's only to send them a a, a card at christmas or something um mm -hmm. uh, once a year just to keep that relationship up. out beyond that oh and that relationship that that layer at 150 really defines the people you would do favors for if they asked they you wouldn't sort of kind of go did you help me out last time? I asked, you know, how many beers have you bought me? And 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 these kind of things. You would just say, of course, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, because the relationship is well established, you know them, you trust them, you know that they will pay you back. Um, and so on. outside that, we get into what we call the layer of acquaintances, which runs out to about 500. So a lot of these are people you work with, um, people you see, maybe you buy your coffee on the way to work, uh, from, from this uh, barista and you discuss little things the football the, the weather if it's in britain the weather um, uh, in greece the football um, <laughs> um uh, uh but you kind of if, if they're from work you might go and have a beer with them or a glass of wine or something after work or some uh business uh, dinner or something but you wouldn't invite them to your house they wouldn't come to the i sometimes refer to the 150 people as your kind of weddings bar mitzvahs and funerals group right these are the people who feel an obligation to you they will come to that big event once in your lifetime yeah and they, they will feel obliged to come the people in the next layer out they're beyond that they you you would not even expect them to come to your wedding or your funeral or anything like that but you know them uh but the relationship is now much more transactional if they ask you to do give them i don't know 100 euros or something you'd kind of go mm. so <laughs> when, yeah, when see, i, I see. That's bought where... you a beer last time did you pay me back <laughs> uh, on another yeah, occasion yeah. or did you always expect me to buy the beers <laughs> Uh, it, the relationships become much more transactional. And then the next layer out goes out to about 1,500 people. Now, in, in small-scale societies, that's a tribe. And a tribe is defined as all the people that speak the same language. So in big language groups, in a big language like Greek, for example, even in modern Greece, really that's a dialect. I know you're from Athens. You sound completely different from me from... I'm Thalonica. Cyprus. Yeah, <laughs> Cyprus. I'm even I'm, exactly even so, different than the Athenian in dialect. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, you know, they're they're quite small scale, and they they're actually quite you know they're almost a uh, a, a, a few villages, and that's it. You know, um, 
so, <clears throat> but what we do is we badge people, and that's what the language is doing. It's saying, look, actually, you're in this extended community of mine because you speak the same language. So you know the same culture as yeah. I do. You understand the same jokes. You have the same hairstyle as you have your beard or clean shaven or whatever it is to say you wear the same kind of clothes as I do you look very similar to me and these are cues that you belong to the tribe and we use those cues as shortcuts so you know I've, I've never met you but I know immediately you start speaking you're from my little corner well in your case my little corner is Cyprus <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah, mind exactly. anywhere yeah. else. Right? And I've seen it work. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, or I, I can tell by the clothes you wear, or, or uh, even how you walk, maybe, um, uh, and how you laugh at jokes, and, and which joke you laugh at. Ah, uh, oh, you're in my tribe, as it were, and therefore we already now have a basis for trust. It's not a very strong basis. Um, you know, we, I probably, I'm not going to lend you, you know, two hundred euros. <laughs> But I might, I might invite you for dinner on some occasion or something like that, maybe. Who knows? Um, uh, but beyond, once you get beyond that, you start getting into real strangers. And it seems that basically that 1500 layer is people whose faces we can put names to in real life. Um, mm -hmm. And there's another layer that runs out to about 5,000 who are people whose faces we know we've seen before, but we can't necessarily put a name to it. Um, uh, 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 and then once you're out beyond 5,000, you're dealing with complete strangers. There is absolutely no basis for um, any kind of relationship at all, however weak. So those layers seem to be really quite tight and quite robust, and they kind of relate back to, I mean, I really think the, the most meaningful one is is the 1500 the tribe, if you like, because although we don't know these people as individuals, uh, we use these kind of cues, visual cues, and other, other you know, sort of language cues to allow us to identify them as members of our community. And therefore, we will treat them differently to complete, complete strangers. They, they just allow us to kind of um, of course, if you think about it in the context in which this evolved, this is the difference between meeting a stranger on the path as you take your sheep uh, to, to the summer um, uh, grazing, you know, who is either going to rob you or not. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, and so we yeah. use those, those yeah. cues are giving us sort of a degree of trust in the person that, oh, you're in my tribe. Okay, we're going to... Uh, adhere to tribe law here which is you know don't don't rob your cousins <laughs> and then and, and then maybe an opening to start investing to start looking for the other pillars sure. of friendship yes, right yes, maybe an yes, opening yes, to start yes well that that, yeah, like that layer that tribe tribe layer it becomes very very important for humans because of the kind of unstable environments we live in right so they live quite a long way away from you in another valley right now, in, in occasions when disaster strikes your valley, maybe there's a flood, maybe there's uh, no rain, famine, maybe you know, you're raided by some people from a long way away, the Romans turn up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
you 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 know the only way you can save yourself is to flee right either there's no food there or somebody's trying to to kill you so you have to flee where do you go that's where the tribe becomes important because you can go far enough away to a different valley and find and find friends who will allow you yeah. to stay for a while you know they probably wouldn't want you to stay forever <laughs> but they will allow you to stay for a while uh till things get back to normal again and you can get, go back or start off somewhere else and what's more important in 10 years these are things that happen once every 10 15 years maybe you know in 15 years time they come to you and say remember you know we let you stay and you went of course you come in <laughs> This is the end of episode 4.